Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in your Bibles. And we're going to begin reading in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. When you have it, say amen. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then also if you could turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning, and we'll be reading Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 9. You have it, say amen. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord Jesus, we come before you this evening. We thank you for the beautiful presence of your spirit that we're able to sense and feel in this meeting. And I pray that you may give me the words to speak to your people. Lord, I pray that their hearts may be challenged this evening and that we may be able to be and become the people that you want us to be. Help us to be obedient to your divine call. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This evening, the Lord has placed within my heart a challenge that I believe is for each and every person that is here tonight. I'm happy to see all the satellite pastors and all the satellite congregations that are here this evening. And it's so beautiful that when we're able to gather together, even though it may just be sometimes once a month, nevertheless, we're all one big family in the Lord. And we're able to see how the Lord is blessing and how God is building his church. And people are being reached and people are being saved. And, and God is just uh, expanding his work and moving through us as instruments and vessels that God has chosen to use. This evening, I feel a sense of real urgency with the message that I'm about to bring. Once again, I'm going to be dealing, and I dealt with our congregation on a Sunday morning. I spoke about the second coming of the Lord. I want to deal with some of those areas, but I also want to deal in the area of judgment. Of judgment. Many of the Bible 
commentators and many of the prophetic teachers, if you listen to them very closely right now, they're bringing out the sense of urgency that we're coming very close to the end. In fact, there are some, uh, some pastors that are, are, are prophetic students of the word, and many of them are, 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 actu are actually uh, declaring that this, what we are experiencing right now in the Middle East are the, the early stages of Armageddon. That we're coming into Armageddon. There was even another well-respected uh, Bible teacher of prophecy that I heard on television. And he publicly declared that he felt that this decade of the 90s, with all the signs that we're able to see before us, that he felt with all of his heart, and after studying many years of prophecy, he felt that in this decade, Jesus was coming back again. He says, we don't know the day or the hour, but as we study prophecy and as we look at the signs, we're able to see that the coming of Jesus Christ is at hand. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And the reason why I want to talk to you about this tonight, tonight is because somehow I, I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will put an urgency inside of each and every person here to understand and to realize that the time is short. That what we, we must do, we must do it now. Work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man shall be able to work. Now, the second coming of Jesus Christ has been prophesied. All these things that are happening in the Middle East are all in the Bible. All these wars and what has taken place with the oil crisis and, and the, 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 the war that we're, we have in the Gulf right now, all these things are prophesied within the Word of God. There's much more to come. And the Bible speaks about that Jesus Christ is coming back again. It was a promise that was given to us. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 9 to 11, you don't have to turn to it. But here we have, it says, the angel saying, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing? When Jesus was going up into heaven, and he told him to go to the, to the upper room, they were looking up and they were watching as he was ascending up into heaven. He says, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. This was the testimony of the angels. Bible promises uh, that were promised in the Bible have come to pass. We have the virgin birth was prophesied. It came to pass. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was prophesied. It came to pass. And the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is a definite promise that has been given to the church. Now the big question is this, when is Jesus Christ coming back? There are many that would like to know that so that they could go out and party and just before he comes back, get right with God. But purposely, 
he didn't give the day or the hour. He says, no one knows the day or the hour, only my Father, which is in heaven. But even though you may not know the day or the hour, he says, watch for these signs. There are signs that he has given unto us. In Matthew 24, he brings out signs to look for. He says in, in Matthew 24, verse 32 to 34, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When this branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that the summer is near. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, all the things that we are witnessing today, know that it is near even at the door. And then it says, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass. Now when it says this generation, it very well could be talking about our generation. This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And all these signs are taking place at an accelerating rate. In fact, let's just, let me just give you some. And I, I gave this to our congregation on a, one of the, a few Sunday mornings ago. But some of the signs are earthquakes, it speaks about. Earthquakes are increasing like never before. Famine is spreading as the population continues to increase. They, they, they say that we don't have enough food. There are people starving. We don't have enough food to feed our world population. Pollution threatens our survival. Even with this man in the Middle East, it's polluting everything. Dumping the oil into the Gulf, into the ocean. There's pollution, even in, if we, I think Southern California people know more about pollution than anybody else. It threatens our survival. Then another sign is talks about Israel and, and, and the key to Bible prophecy is for us to look at Israel. We need to keep our eyes on Israel. It was prophesied that Israel in the last days would re be reborn as a nation. They were scattered because of their rebellion, because of their disobedience. They were scattered all over the world. But there was Bible prophecy, and we have Bible prophecy in the Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 36 and to 38, plus in, in, in Zechariah, plus in Daniel, that it says that in the last days, Israel will be reborn again as a nation. And that has become a reality. It became a reality in 1948. And then also we see another prophecy fulfilled. Israel got back the old Jerusalem. And that was fulfilled in 1967. That's why Israel is never going to give up Jerusalem. There's no way that Israel is going to give back Jerusalem. I mean, they, they've gotten a hold of it and, and, and they're going to keep it. Because it was a Bible prophecy that has been fulfilled. Also, another sign that we are to look for, the unification of the Arab nations. And we see that that has taken place. The rise of the Soviet Union, a great military power. Those were also signs. Their sign, that's the Soviet Union is mentioned in the Bible. And then also the, the rise of Red China. And we see the way that great power is, is rising up. Red China in the Bible is the king of the east. And they've been boasting that they could mobilize an army of over 200 million soldiers. And they've been boasting about this since 1961. You can imagine how many more people they have right now. 
and then also the revival of the Roman Empire, which is actually the European common market. All these are signs that the Bible speaks about that when we see these things begin to take shape and begin to take form, we need to know that the coming of Jesus Christ is at hand. And I want to tell you this, that whether you like it or not, you're going to be held accountable. There is accountability that you're going to be held to, each and every one of us. See, the Bible speaks about judgment. There is not only judgment for the sinner, but there's also judgment for the Christian. We, each and every person, is going to be judged. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit because when we realize that there is accountability, what I do with my life, I'm going to be held accountable before God. What you do with your life tonight and what you have done with your life, all the years that you have uh, done, whatever you have done, all the years that you have lived, you are going to give account, you are going to be held accountable for what, how you spent your life. That's why it was so beautiful to hear Sister Pat. She said, she said, I just felt that all the years were going by. One of the sisters said, the years were going by, and I knew that there was much more that I needed to do. See, the Lord deals with us, and he is the one that gives us that urgency that, and, 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 and that sense of a feeling that there's much more that God wants us to do. It is God that speaks to us and tells us, don't just spend idle time. Don't waste your life away. Time is precious. The time that you have, use it for the glory of God. Those gifts that he has given unto you, use it for the glory of God. It is God that convicts us and God that speaks to us. And I pray that tonight, at the end of this meeting, there's going to be people that are going to come and make a commitment, a real true and firm commitment that you're not going to waste your life anymore and waste your time, but you're going to take it and maximize it for the glory of God. Now, I want to let you know this too, that God has called our ministry. Even before I get into the judgment. God has called our ministry. When you think about what are we going to be held accountable for? Well, God has called us. Whether you like it or not, if you are part of Victory Outreach Satellite, or you are part of Victory Outreach La Puente, God has brought you in so that you could be part of the vision that he's given to us as a people. You know what vision he's given to us? He's given us a mandate. The mandate is, you shall be witnesses to me, not only in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but the vision that he's given unto us is a worldwide vision. This is why we believe in sending people out. Most pastors want to keep everybody. Keep all these precious couples. You know, I said, no, we need them in our church. That's the way we're going to build our church. We send them out. Some of you pastors, satellite pastors, don't even have to come. You, some of you could just even come once a month. We, if you want to have Sunday morning service, have Sunday morning. If you want to have Sunday evening service, have Sunday. If you want to have every night of service, have every night of service. We don't obligate you to come. We just say come on that one satellite Sunday. And also the other activities that we have 
as far as training activities, but we want you to maximize your time. We want you to go into that community, and we want you to preach the gospel. We want you to win souls. We want you to go in there and become a lighthouse in the community that God has called you because God has called us to evangelism. God has called us not only to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but to the uttermost parts of the world. And we need to be obedient to that. More than ever, it seems like maybe it's just that, maybe I'm really, maybe it's just that I'm getting older. But you know that I'm, I'm, real, I'm real, real careful of how I use my time. Now I'm counting. And I'm saying I'm this old now and I have so many years. And in the years that I have left, I, I, I know that the older you get, the closer you get to seeing Jesus. <laughs> right, Brother Nordine? <laughs> and you start thinking about it, well, what have I done with my life? I've had to stop and say, what have I done with my life? And, and then I go back and I begin to reminisce and I say, well, I remember when the Lord saved me. I can't help but think when the Lord saved me. He saved me in, in 1962. Never forget it. 1962. It was in February 1962. And even when I was a, a brand new convert, and I want you to know this, guys, those of you guys and girls that have recently given your life to Christ, you don't have to become a theologian and know the Bible from cover to cover to feel the call of God upon your life and have God speak to you. I didn't know anything about the Bible. All I knew was that once I was lost and now I'm found, once I was blind and now I was able to see. All I knew was that I came in a good-for-nothing drug addict, a hopeless drug addict, and somehow by the grace of God, Jesus set me free in, in a miraculous way. My whole life was turned around. I had a hunger to find out, well, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do? What do I do? And it was just a few months after, after my conversion that the Lord spoke to me so clearly that he had separated me for the work of the ministry. Separated me for the work of the ministry. He spoke to me so clearly. In fact, after I got up from that altar, I went out and I started telling everybody, you know, God called me to the ministry. God called me to the ministry. I'm going to be a minister. I, I, I'm probably going to be an evangelist, so I don't know what I'm going to be, but I'm going to be in the ministry. Well, it became a reality throughout the years. It doesn't happen overnight. I thought it was going to be overnight, but it didn't happen overnight. But there was a growing process that began to take place. But when I look back, I look back and I say, man, we've touched a lot of people. You know, we've made a lot of mistakes. And I'd be one to admit that if I could redo some things, I would love to redo them, but it's impossible. What is in the past is in the past. You just have to keep on moving ahead. But as I look back, I see so many people that have been touched through our ministry. So many people that have been, been delivered. Even people that are not part of Victory Outreach. But e even the, the, the revival in the ghetto, in the revival in the ghettos of California came through this ministry. 
when there was no one else going into the ghettos of California, God called this ministry to go into the highways and byways, into the barrios and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. And many, many people have been delivered. Many people have been saved. But even looking back to everything that has happened, I recognize that it's still not enough. There's much more that God wants to do. I feel an expectation inside of me that God wants to bring about a Holy Ghost explosion like we have never experienced in all the years of ministry. You know, I think he's able to do it. Now, I think we have enough mature ministers that he's able to do it. Maybe before, if he, if he would have did it, he would have blew us away. But I think we've come to the school of heart knocks. And we come into a place of, of maturity. I mean, naturally, there's still more room to grow. But through the school of heart knocks, we've come into a place of maturity that I believe if there was ever a time we're still in existence, even though we've come through the storms, even though we've come through the battles, and, and even though we've come uh, through many, many, many hardship. Nevertheless, we're still around, and, and we're still praising God, and we're still gathering together, and we're still going forward. And I believe with all of my heart that what God is about to give us, he is ready to give us that the time has come now where he is ready to deposit his spirit like we have never experienced before and witness a Holy Ghost world revival take place through this ministry. Now you say you're getting excited, brother son, you're talking real big. Well, we serve a big God. When I look at Bobby, alias Wobbly, get up here, you get up here and testify, and, and sometimes get up and begin to cry it's only the grace of God, miracle working power of God that is able to do that. We see these other men that get up and you see the way God is using them. You see them with their, their two-piece suit and carrying a Bible and excited about telling people about Jesus. That is the miracle working power of God. We serve a big God. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when you think about the awesomeness, the calling of God, to him that much has been given, much is what? Much is required. And I, I believe that God has given a whole lot to many of us that are here this evening. And we're going to be held accountable. There's a judgment that is coming. And I believe we're coming very close to that judgment that is coming. You see, there's a judgment for the Christians. It says in... Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. We shall all stand. Listen to what I said. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Romans chapter 14 verse 12. Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Revelation 22 and verse 12. Behold, I come quickly. And he says, and with me to give. And reward is with me to give every man according to his work. And then also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11 to 15, listen to what it says. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, listen to what it says, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be re revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You know what that means? That means that there's some people that are just barely going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. I believe it's embarrassing. Imagine God giving you so much and blessing you with so much and just barely made it by the skin of your teeth into the kingdom of heaven. And then when the rewards are given out, and there's going to be rewards that are going to be given out, there's no reward for you because you just barely made it. You were so selfish that you took your salvation and you just kept it to yourself instead of freely receiving, also freely given. If God has deposited something in us, it's because he wants us to take what he has deposited within our lives and use it for the glory of God. He wants us to take it and begin to give it and begin to share it. Now let me tell you something about working for Jesus. You see, sometimes we go by feeling. Well, if I feel like it, then I'll go out into the streets. If I feel like it, then I'll, I'll witness to someone. It doesn't first begin by feeling. First of all, there should be character. Before feeling or emotions, you should do it out of character. What I mean by that is that the Word of God tells us that we're to be a witness. The Word of God tells us that freely as we have received, we should also freely give. So because the Word of God tells us that we should be involved, we should give of ourselves for the work of the ministry, you step out and do it. Every person that has ever got involved in ministry got involved not because they felt like it, but they did it because of a responsibility and an obligation they had before the Lord. There's always that tendency of fear. Don't you think that for the first time when I started this ministry, you don't think I had fear? Ask Brother Nardine, he'll tell you, he was around. I was secure in my ministry in Teen Challenge. I was running the Teen Challenge Center here on, 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 in Los Angeles on Hobart Street in West LA. Had my own apartment, salary every week, working for the Assemblies of God. And I was very well secure. And all of a sudden, the Lord begins to stir me up, you know. I feel I see a need. But there was fear that gripped me. Fear gripped me. If I step out, how do I know I'm not going to fail? How do I know I'm going to be able to do it? But there was that element of faith that I said, well, God has called me. And if God has called me, and if God is leading me, then I need to put my trust and confidence in God. And whether I felt like it or I didn't feel like it, I stepped out. And once you step out, then the feeling all of a sudden comes. Just like, for instance, when they tell you to go out into the streets and witness. The way we're going to grow 
with these satellites is all you satellite people, all the people that are in the satellites, you got to get out there in the street and witness. Now, when your pastor begins to tell you, we got to get out there, we're going to have a street rally. The first thing is going to scare you. Because you're going to say, if I go out there in the streets, he's going to put a microphone in my hand, and then I've got to testify. And most likely, he'll take me back to the neighborhood where I came from to testify to all those people. And they all know me. It's a scary feeling. So you can't go by your emotions, because if you go by your emotions, your emotions are going to say no. But you're going to go because you're going to say, I'm, I have an obligation before the Lord. I've made a commitment to God that I'm going to work for him. And if I have to go out into the streets, even whether I feel like it or not, I am still going to go out into the streets. And once you begin to act and you begin to do it, then all automatically the feeling will come. I'll give you an example. I'm sure that Kathy... First time she testified the other day with Ray Torres and Philip, we having a street meeting. I think it was where was it, Almani? And she's been around for I think uh, thirty years. <laughs> I think that was the first time. First time in a long time. They gave her a microphone. Kathy, come up here and testify. Man, Kathy got up there. Knees shaking. But she got up there anyhow, and she testified. She te even though her voice was a little shaky, you know, I thank the Lord that he, you know, saved my soul. But I'll assure you, after she completed her testimony and finished her testimony, she must have walked away on cloud nine, having the feeling that I, I went ahead and I stepped out for Jesus and, and felt the anointing flow through her. See, you need to step out for Jesus. And as we begin to step out for Jesus, that's when God is able to use us, when by faith we begin to step out for him. And that's what these guys have been doing over here in the satellites. They've been stepping out. Do you know it's comfortable to be here in the church? Like I look at Gabriel and his wife. They've been here in the church. This is comfortable. They hear good music. They come in. They have Benji singing. The choir singing. And it's comfortable to be here. There's a security here in the church. But even beyond that security, there's still a, a, an urgency inside of them that they realize that God wants them to do more. They recognize the need, and they go out to meet that need. Now, when they go out, they're not going to have a big choir. They may not even have any music. Some of these guys go out in these services and don't have any music. Maybe they have just somebody with a tambourine just playing a tambourine and, and trying to sing a, a song, and people not even in tune, getting, you know, people singing a song. And, and I'm sure there's sometimes they think about, oh, the days in the mother church, how beautiful they were, you know. <laughs> even coming here, you know, it's like a, a treat for some of the satellite pastors because they're out there in the front line working for Jesus, giving it all they have. They may not have all the comforts that we have here. But they're taking their time and they're maximizing it and using it for the glory of God. See, we are going to be held 
accountable. We're going to be held accountable for what we do with our time. There's going to be a day of judgment that we've got to go before God and be held accountable. And if there was ever a time that we're close to that, it is now. You know, there comes a time when you're not going to be able to work anymore. The rapture is about to take place. All the signs, there's signs that talk about the second coming of the Lord. And when, you, when, you, when it talks about the second coming of, of Christ, there's two events in the second coming. Listen to me carefully. And Benji, get to the piano. Two events in the second coming of Christ. There is, first of all, the rapture. Now, here's what happens. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen in the coming days. Coming days. I don't have the exact date, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it very well could happen in our generation. The Bible speaks about that he's coming as a thief in the night. There's going to be a snatching away of the church. And then when the church is taken up, then all the Christians, the true Christians, are going to be missing. People missing all over the world. Then the Bible speaks about that we're going to go into a period which is called the period, the tribulation period. And everything is lining up for that. All the countries are lining up according to the prophecy within the word of God. You have Russia, you have China, you have the Arab countries, you have all these countries lining up. And then there's the tribulation period. Then the Bible speaks about, but while the tribulation period is taking place here, do you know where the church is going to be? I'll have you know where Brother Sonny's going to be. If you're expecting to be in the tribulation or waiting for the tribulation, I have news for you. I'm not waiting for no tribulation. Before the tribulation comes, Brother Sonny's going to be snatched away. There's going to be the great snatching that's going to take place where Jesus Christ has taken his church. And I'm going to be in a marriage. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. For those seven years, we're going to be up there with Jesus. And you know what he's going to be doing? That's a time of awards, rewards. He's going to be coming here and give you the reward. And here and give you a reward. And some of you will be getting your little band, you know. <laughs> that you just worked so hard for. You just barely made it in. Wow, man. Shoot. Brother Sonny, I got it anyhow, man. I made it. Wow. <laughs> and while that's, taking, while that's taking place over here in the Great Tribulation, it talks about the tribulation period for the first three and a half years. There's going to be an Antichrist that's going to come up. It very well could be that the Antichrist is living right now. Even, he's even going to fool Israel. And Israel is going to come and it's going to, be a, it's going to be a false peace. And let me tell you, America is, the way we look in the Bible, America is not going to be a great power. America, it looks like it's going to start declining. And, and the power, the great power is going to go towards, the, towards Europe is going to be the great power. It doesn't seem, in the Bible prophecy, it doesn't show like America a great power. Looks like America is going to come under those powers, those European powers. And then the Antichrist is going to come up. Then the Antichrist is going to have a lot. Of, he's going to bring peace, false peace, for three and a half years. And then after that, all of a sudden, he's going to tell Israel, I want you to worship me. He's going to want people to come and worship him. And that's what is called 
the great tribulation period, or it's called in the Bible, the time of Jacob's trouble. That's when Israel begins to flee. He begins to run. And he's fleeing because he says, no, we're not going to worship him. And they begin to flee. And, and, and Israel is going through the great uh, tribulation period. After three and a half years, guess what happens? We, the church, those of us that are there with Jesus in the marriage supper of the Lamb, we come back again with him. And Jesus comes back again and establishes his millennial kingdom. All these are prophecies that are within the word of God. Now, what kind of future kingdom is it going to be? Listen to me now. We're going to conclude. Listen to what kind of kingdom. Do we have a future? I say, yes, we have a future. The Bible speaks about that. Don't enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Don't get involved with that. You know, if you're going to commit yourself, commit yourself now. You're going to dedicate, dedicate yourself now. If you want to build treasures, build them in heaven. Don't plan for a temporal life and the little life that you have here, but begin to plan for eternity. Now, what type of kingdom is it going to be, future kingdom? Well, first of all, the devil will be bound. Jesus will come back with us. He'll take the devil, and first of all, the devil will be bound. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 to 3, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the, of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he, held a, and, and he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him. And then war will also be abolished. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. There's not going to be, listen to me, there's not, I don't care what Bush says. I'll say it again. I don't care what Bush and the politicians say. There's not going to be real peace until the Prince of Peace comes back again. So war will be abolished. Then also, in the future kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, world evangelism will be accomplished. Now this is what I want you to get a hold of this, this evening. You know that he says that after the what? After the gospel is preached throughout what? Then he's coming back, right? Do you know that he could do that? When you think about it, you say, well, we're not really preaching it. It hasn't really been preached throughout the whole world. Even though we're making great inroads with the television and now the satellites. People are hearing the gospel all over the place through television. But do you know that he could do in just a few years... What, he, what, you, what we could not do in a whole lifetime. He could actually speed up the process. And I believe with all my heart that that's exactly what's going to happen. The word of God, there's going to be a revival. There's going to be a revival. I could sense it. I could taste it. 
there's going to be a revival that's going to break out in the coming days like we have never experienced before. Before the coming of Jesus, there's going to be a revival. There's going to be preachers that he's going to raise up. There's going to be evangelists. There's going to be the church of committed people that God is going to raise up. That he's going to send them forward with the power and might of the Holy Spirit. And I can't help but feel, Victory Outreach, that we are part of God's divine plan in this last day revival that he's bringing. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, brother. You're not in tune. You is out of it. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And they shall not teach any man his neighbor, any, any, everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all men shall know me from the least to the greatest. And then also, there'll be Christians will be in government. <laughs> If you always had aspiration for politics, then here it is. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and is sat down with my father in his throne. And then Jesus himself shall reign personally. That's the beautiful part of it. Daniel says, there was given him dominion. Listen, I love those words. There was given him, Jesus, dominion and glory, and a kingdom that all people, a nation, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. A kingdom that shall not be destroyed. All dominion shall serve and obey him. We're talking about the future, friend. And then last of all, there'll be universal joy and happiness. Are you longing for that happiness and joy? Isaiah says, Sorrow and mourning shall flee away, and again the voice of weeping shall no more be heard. That's the future that we have with Jesus Christ. And this evening, I want to declare to you that God is looking for people. God is looking for people. We need workers we need men and women that are going to consecrate. We need congregations that are going to consecrate their lives and commit themselves to the task that is before us, to the tasks and the calling that God has called us to. I want you to stand with me tonight. I want the singers to come. And I want from all over the... We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.